live from Oak to... Hey, man. Hey, Adam. How's it going? It's going well. Um, I, uh, I, I, it's like a Monday night. Uh, we were both just kind of debriefing about like the stresses of new of new work, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I know, dude. I'm happy to be talking with you, and I'm happy. I'm like excited about the the movie we watched. Uh, how are you? You know, it goes back to what we were just talking about rescheduling when we record these episodes, everyone, and so it might be AM in the AM moving forward, which might work out better for us. So, yeah, good throwback for all the uh, age-old listeners out there who made it through those Marvel ones. Good Lord. Bless you. Bless you. I li- AM in the AM. I like that. Uh, um, uh, so this week, we, we watched a movie that I have been, at, like tracking it like the production and was kind of surpri- like okay maybe i'll get into it but i like kind of surprised at the production of this film for a few reasons and um which was the film we watched was dear evan hansen uh mm-hmm. adaptation of the uh tony award winning uh musical just to give a quick plot summary uh evan hansen is an anxious teen who takes medication for s- social anxiety he seems to also have some sort of like uh on the spectrum ticks to him but like that's not text uh in the in the musical uh evan hansen uh through circumstances um, a boy at his high school commits suicide and the, like, because of circumstances, the boy's family believe that Evan and the boy were friends. We'll get into that. And then, um, and so then Evan kind of like lies and says that they were friends, uh, to make the family feel better. And it spirals into, um, him going viral and becoming like the face of anti-teen suicide and, as all movies that are uh, like stories that are predicated on lies, you know that it's not going to last long. And it's a musical. Um, <laughs> so that's Dear Evan Hansen. Um, how, did you know anything about this show going into it? I, I, I think I knew the base premise of just like uh, he lies based on the letter. And I was like, okay. And I know Ben Platt originated the role, which is why they wanted to immortalize him in film as well. Well, and actually, it was, like, the, apparently, I mean, and who knows if this was, like, Mark, Mark Plow, I, I do, let me, just, just, maybe jumping points, I do feel bad about, like, how much people are dunking on Ben Platt for his age in this movie, like, <laughs> I, I have thoughts let, on that. Let's, okay, let, let, I, let, before we, yeah, let, like, before we open up that, like, um, <laughs> I had I I this musical came out in uh twenty fifteen twenty sixteen twenty fifteen is what I heard. Okay, yeah, it, it premiered. So it won the Tony the year after Hamilton won Best Musical, and I the the whole kind of buzz with Dear Evan Hansen. There was like Dear Evan Hansen is like I think the beneficiary of like. Um, there was so much focus on Hamilton, and I think Hamilton did a lot to um, make Broadway relevant in pop culture again. And then I think the other thing with Dear... And so I think 
with with that, I think once Hamilton once Hamilton fever was like dying down, there was this sense of like, okay, well, what's next? And I think Dear Evan Hansen was both like really being really well received, and then also um, the the story of Broadway of the 21st century has been like the 90s were like dead times for Broadway. Like you had years where you had like two musicals up for best musical. And um, like the year Sunset Boulevard won, it's just like, if you look at the nominees, it's, I, I don't think there's like even enough for five in every category. It's, it's really crazy. And then um, in, since then though, it's in, in the, in the, the kind of the 21st century, more and more, there's been this growing fan base of high schoolers, like especially high school girls. And like, we see that start with Rent in 1996 and then it, but it just kind of continues and it keeps growing. So you have like these Rent obsessives um, in 96 and then uh, a couple years later you have Wicked or you have you have Hairspray then you have Wicked then you have Spring Awakening then you have In the Heights and then it it just kind of keeps building and building and building and then Dear Evan Hansen is the first musical to open on Broadway I want to say ever really but at least in the modern age that is set in contemporary times that has teenagers as lead characters and it just like it took that whole kind of like building momentum of these high school aged fans and just like you know ran, ran off with them and Jervin Hansen was a huge hit it was you couldn't get tickets for it like it, like after Hamilton was the, like you can't get tickets for it show Dear Evan Hansen, like, was that show, and they were so smart with how they marketed the album. They released Waving Through a Window as a single. It, that got really popular. It raised all this interest in Ben Platt as the, the lead in it, and um, it ends up, uh, you know, winning Best Musical. Ben Platt wins for uh, Best Score, or Best Actor, and I'm trying to see if it won score. I have to assume it won score, but... Um, it, it it was a, it was like a huge success and and like it, it is I think it recently reopened on Broadway. It's had like a, I saw it on the, in its tour. It transferred to London, um, and so it's been a it's been a massive hit. And so when this movie was announced, it was interesting one because we're we're still not in a place where musicals automatically get that movie transfer like you know the cats movie was in production for a good 30 35 years yeah. uh like same goes for phantom same for into the woods same for uh just a lot uh like i, I would say like the 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 most the quickest transfer to film that i can think of for a broadway show is um I would say Jersey Boys, which Clint Eastwood made into a film, Hairspray, and um, there must be one more. Uh, the producers uh, were were all very kind of like close, like relatively close. But um, I think the fact that this movie was being made, the fact that they had pulled in Ben Platt to star in it, even though he was going to be you know, a little bit older, but then they pulled in Stephen Shabosky to direct it. Um, I was really, I, I don't know, this seemed like it had a lot of the right pieces except for Ben Platt's age. <laughs> and 
so um i think that's that's like was like my prelude to this um tell me tell me how you felt about this movie because i i have a feeling i think i know but like how did you feel about this movie we're, we're gonna jump around a bit um i'll give you the quick too long didn't read everyone I, I felt indifferent towards the movie, ultimately, Adam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, Matt's going to be like, meh. <laughs> I'm like, it's because it's not... The soundtrack is actually great. And it's from the team of Greatest Showman and La La Land. So I've got like some like cues for, oh, this is why I enjoy this music. Things, things I really want in my musicals now, I realize, Adam. Which, to this movie's credit, also did a good job of being um well hamilton they throw down those lyrics and i can't understand them half the time so i need subtitles i was surprised with dear evan hansen i didn't need subtitles i was like oh, i understand what this is okay. that's pasek and paul you're good you're good yeah. <laughs> repeat that again what is that pasek and paul the composers like oh yeah they're like you like a generic pasek and paul song is um you didn't believe in me, but I believed in me, and now I'm going to show you why you're all wrong. That is 80% of Pasek and Paul songs. The other 20% is, let me tell you a story about a dead relative. Dead relative? I'm yeah. going to show you. Okay. Yeah, I can see it in the wheelhouse here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, but I, I need dancing in my musicals. Adam, mm-hmm. that's what I prefer to realize now. Um, <laughs> get a lot of that in In the Heights, like most things. Oh, West Side so Story, Singing in the Rain. I-, I like a big number. Greatest Showman. You like Greatest yeah. Showman. Yeah, I like seeing a dance number, though, or like big spectacle. And I yeah. don't. There's like one scene in this movie that kind of gives you that spectacle. And I feel like it's when um, Connor for lack of a better word, comes back to life and is, like, yeah. showing you through a video camera around the auditorium. And I was like, that's cool, it's POV. Like, that's, like, one of the few times they kind of do something kind of interesting. Yeah. I didn't feel like, technically, I got that stuff from this movie. And if you're gonna... Give me the zhuzh for the musical. Don't just give me... <coughs> kind of a base-level story with some songs. I want to yeah. see, like, some panache. And I feel like The Orchard could have had a lot of that. Falling Out of the Tree could have had a lot of that. I don't know. I want to see more more theatricality to the damn thing. And I felt like this was kind of played off as um I like Jennifer Garner, but one of those like family Jennifer Garner movies you see now. Like, like a... where's Timothy Green, The Odd Life of Timothy Green. I feel like that's a movie she did. <laughs> yeah. And that's kinda of this where I'm like it's just film very like, oh, Okay, it's it is high school, Adam. Don't get me wrong, but I like my John Hughes. I I'm getting very nitty gritty here with my like pickiness over it. But I'm like, maybe I just like a high school version that's more John Hughes's, Hughes's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a little so, more. Like I hear what you're saying. Like David yeah. actually had a similar. David was saying he felt similarly. Like he the sincerely me number, which is one of my favorite songs. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think it's really well shot in this movie. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I think I could, I, I, I vibe with that. I think like, and I think that's a general thing I have with um, most modern movie musicals, and why I loved In the Heights so much is In the Heights was like, like, like you, you said theatricality, like very much like unashamed of its theatricality, and like 
unish and like really engaging with the way that um a movie musical can be so much bigger than than a regular movie yeah i like the spectacle yeah i could have even had done with like fantasies into um evan hansen's mind i feel i would have loved to see something some set piece of a giant cast with connor written on it doing something (laughs) i i I just wrote a better movie that's what i'm gonna say my hubris is coming out now i want the spectacle and i didn't well i mean adam did the show actually give some form of that um let me uh okay uh the show okay the show went like I'm trying to remember who directed the musical, if it was Michael Greif or, um, the show had this very kind of like, uh, um, minimalist isn't the right word, but like, uh, this very kind of, it reminded me of like the, the set for, um, uh, oh yeah, it was Michael Greif. Yeah. So yeah, (laughs) that's why it makes sense. Michael Greif directed the original cat, like production of Rent. And, um, it, it, it reminded me of the 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 way Dear Evan Hansen is, is directed and kind of staged. It's very much in the way that you 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 do a contemporary a broader musical in a contemporary setting. Is you you have these kind of like very suggestive sets. They're like you know like you might have like a chandelier, but then you maybe just have like um, a a a door or maybe even just like a. I'm trying to remember like exactly what this production is because uh but um it's very it is very stagey it's very and i think but i think a lot of where the staginess comes from is the the mute the songs where like it's just you just kind of like zero in on evan and his like you know grief and you know like angst and stuff um i i really i feel you on on this movie and i think i think I wish I would have liked it to be a little stagier. Yeah, I agree with you. I I have to be honest, and this is again, I think, going to my like, I just love a musical. Like, I really, I don't know I left away. Like, I, I I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was like a um, a pretty good adaptation of the show. Um, the The thing with Dear Evan Hansen is the story is really really weird like no no. (sighs) i felt awkwarded out i mean i was just like i i I literally said to stuff midway through the movie i was just like this is just a train wreck waiting to happen and i'm not (laughs) that excited to see this train wreck it's really bad like (laughs) like i i've talked about this before like i hate i i hate movies i hate stories that are based almost entirely on somebody lying in the, at the very beginning. And then you just watch like the lie through the rest of the movie. And I normally wouldn't like that. I, th- I don't know what it, I think what it, what it is with Dear Evan Hansen is like those songs, those songs just like get, it's, it's like the, it's the Pasek and Paul thing. Like they just get you like, you're like, yeah, this is great. Yeah. Like waving through a window. Yeah. And um, I think, Especially in a Broadway theater when it's live and it's performed for you and you have that energy that mm. can kind of like bring you through the awkwardness and bring you through, I think, the predictability of like, okay, well, the lie is going to get found out. Um, and and I, I, 
for me it did for 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 me for this movie it it did and i i have to say i didn't think the awkward i mean i don't i don't think the awkwardness or the the cringiness of this movie was any worse than like some other teen movies that have been like really loved in the last couple of years like i thought a lot about uh love simon um just say that and like Hate You Give because you even have um, that same actress. Oh, I haven't seen Hate You Give. It's, is it good? I liked. I got like forty-five minutes in. I need to finish it, but I enjoyed it. So I was just like, oh, we were actually supposed to do it for the podcast. Maybe next year. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. We're to... <laughs> um, yeah, Mandel Sandberg is in this. I. I don't know. I had such a fun time at this. I like, I, and like, I I feel like I keep saying, I don't know sometimes if it's just like, I'm back in the movie theater or what, but like, oh. I thought Ben Platt's performance was good. You can tell he's not a teenager, but I, I, I don't know. I've been, re- I watched Glee recently and Glee, I'm just like, why are all of these 30 year olds in this high school? Like, <laughs> So, like, Adam, I was a little less offended by Ben Platt's age than I think most people would go with. Yeah. I, I mean, we grew up in an age where, I don't know how much of Smallville you watched, but those those kids were old. For high yeah, school. Tom Mulling was old. Like, I mean, he was like 30, yeah. but like... Yeah, I mean, maybe he was like 25 at the time. But I mean, you have Tom McGuire, who's like straight up 27, filming Spider-Man. You get this. And I'm like, you know what, I'm willing to suspend my dis belief for that just because i'm like you know what i've seen this play before and i I, i'll I'll buy it i was actually okay with that Um, yeah i felt like as terrible as the haircut was maybe it did work for him (laughs) what did you think about the performance in general because i've been reading i've been reading like different takes on it i mean at the end of the day it's just i think his performance is fine it's just it is like I like I it's this is gonna be weird, I'm gonna try to differentiate it, but I can buy him. I'll I'll bl- I'll suspend the disbelief for him being a high schooler, but he also just looks really weird and I feel like you should have just had Ben Platt like look normal and I would have been okay with that because he just looks really weird. And that's what is like kind of hitting us all, I feel. Yeah. Is that they're trying to make him look young and it's really failing really bad <laughs> like you mean like the like, uh yeah like the makeup in certain points yeah i mean i don't know when that politician show is supposed to take place in ben platt's life is he like in college is he in high school i would say high school it's probably college but i'm okay with that he's a high but, schooler in the first season and then it jumps to after oh college i think in season two. okay he doesn't he look basically the same as ben platt now Be- in the first season Basically, I just, I really do feel like, here's, I, okay, one, I I think Ben Platt, from the, from the, sorry, yeah? Oh, huh? You there? Yeah, I'm there. Oh, sorry. Ben Platt from the outset has played Evan Hansen as like very twitchy, very like um I really I really think like playing him as like a, a, a little Asperger'sy, a little like, you know, like not looking people in the eyes, blinking a lot, like a little twitch and um I I, I don't know. I I like 
I I I know I, I liked the it, it I liked it. It worked for me. It worked for like and maybe um and I feel like I see so like cringy, awkward teenage boys every day now. And so I was just like, yeah, that that's about right. <laughs> um yeah. and, and I, I I like the I, I like the witnessing to that. I, I think like we we talk about the way that like um, high school is like sanitized in a lot of um, uh, movies about high school, or you know, well, I mean, having you know twenty five thirty year olds with like fully developed bodies play like like in Riverdale, and they're all like ripped, and it's like you you could literally never be that ripped like while you're still going through puberty. Um, but like I, I, I don't know. The, the performance worked for me. I, I think he has like such a marvelous voice, and I think he has such a handle on these char- the characters. I think there is a certain like awkward cringe factor that's just like inherent in the show. But the things that pulled me through the show, I pulled me through it this time, which is to say, I think. The music, and when I when I saw it, I, I saw it with uh, Ben Ross, um, uh, who was also really good, and I think also uh, like brought a different energy to it. And then just to like really get on my like my, my soapbox about this, I I like that Ben Platt's performance is like softer than we sometimes see men allowed to be in movies. I think especially like. It, like it didn't feel uh I'm trying to figure out the right words. I think there sometimes you have these kind of like nice guy roles that are played by actors and it feels gross. It feels like a little like men's rights activisty. And I I liked that like Ben Platt's Evan Hansen is just kind of like a sensitive, sweet little boy, sweet boy, child, man, child, hombre, I don't know, but like teenager, 16 year old, 17 year old. And that felt novel and interesting to me. Uh, I it, It definitely is a story that also doesn't take the easy way out. Like, I was surprised by the ending, to be honest, but I guess... That is the reality. How do you come back from that? And <laughs> yeah, I mean, they easily could. I mean, you know what I'm talking about here. Um, I'm also like, I, I think pretty much every actor in this movie, despite it be not getting as great reviews, they'll all survive this movie and at least all make the paycheck, which yeah. is good for them. So, because there's a lot of talent behind the camera here or in front of the camera. What did you think of? Um... Like, I was, like, almost in tears. Like, I love the... Again, I really love the music in this. Like, when this album came out, it was just like, man, these are all bangers. Like, um, Julianne Moore's song in the end, the So Big, So Small. Like, I thought that was so well staged. Of Just kind of, like, them being on the couch and her singing to him, I thought was really lovely. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm a sucker for, you know, like, a, a strong mom moment. <laughs> Oh, what, well, what did you think of Amy Adams overall? She was so matronly. I, okay, let's talk about let's talk about Connor Murphy's parents, who are like Amy Adams is always in a tasteful white blouse, even at like nine at night. 
um, the dad is in a is in a button up shirt and tie at like again in the evening at his own house. Mm. Um, They're never casual. You're right. They were like, there's a point where you see the dad in like a sweater, but like, like I mean, that speaks to like the characters, I guess. But it was just like, um, man, these people are so waspy. Like, they're always put together. Always like, I mean, I don't know. I I thought honestly, I really think I agree with you. I think all of the cast were really good. Amanda Stenberg, Caitlin Deaver. Um, uh, I can't think of his name. Sam, the one who plays his cousin. Uh, the Indian guy? The Indian guy, yeah. Okay. Uh, um, I liked him. They they made that character. That character isn't gay in the musical. I liked that they made him gay in the oh. movie. Okay. <laughs> um, I th- uh, yeah, I, li- I liked them all. What did you think of Amy Adams? And who's, who's the dad? Is it... Uh, I just know he was the guy from that Hillary Swank movie where she kills all the people. In Wait, what Hillary Swank movie where she kills all the people? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Watch it on your account. Um, it's oh, I'm gonna we're gonna take a moment here so I can look this up, Adam, because we need to know. It has Michael Ely and Fatal. Fatal. Anyway, uh, it's like uh, ba- no, not Basic Instinct. What's that movie with Glenn Close, and Michael Douglas? Fatal Attraction. It's like Fatal Attraction, except <laughs> yeah, it, it they amp it up to so many levels. It's insane. Um, but sorry, Danny, you, I, Danny Pino it, is the de- her like her DA ex-husband because she, her, Hillary Swank's daughter got taken away when she like left her service revolver out and the kid shot herself. Danny Pino's like, no, you're never going to have custody of this child. You're a drunk. And she eventually kills him. So there you go. That This movie sounds psychotic. That sounds... <laughs> I might need to, need to watch this that. Movie. I mean, this is Hillary Swank Academy Award winner. Two-time Academy Award winner. Um... But did you like Amy Adams? And I know you're a Caitlyn Deaver fan, aren't you? I am. So I was actually just like, oh, let's see what Caitlyn Deaver puts out here. Like, I'll admit, I've only, I think outside of this, only seen Booksmart. I need Booksmart. to see her Netflix series because I know that'll be intense. But I hear it's really good. Um, but I, I think she pulls off the character well. Um, I assume everyone sang themselves, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she did a great job then. Like, I was like, ah, oh, this isn't like... I've never seen it, but it's isn't that Russell Crowe singing bit from Les Mis for certain, so we'll have to go with it. I, I think one of the things I did really, I really enjoyed, and um, I, I'd forgotten this was in the show, is I, I think, like, the, the way it talks about class is really interesting. And, like, mm-hmm. b- because, like, I think part of Evan's... Um, uh, I think... I think part of what gets Evan, what, why Evan is taken in by this family, like, and I think, like, feels the need to, I mean, doesn't feel the need to lie to them, but I think, is this, like, is this, like, element of class? Like, they are very much, like, Evan is, like, single mom, like, she's ha- she has to work all of the time for them to be able to live. And he he comes up with this family where, like, 
I, mom seems to be working at home. Maybe not, but like they are very comfortable. They're dressed very well. They have this big, nice house, and I'm trying to think. And then there's a, there's this line in the there in the the last song, like one of the last songs where, Ev, like Evan kind of like finally comes like tells the the Murphys that he lied about the letter. He says. Sometimes you see everything you wanted and sometimes you see everything you wish you had and it's right there in front of you and you want to believe it's true so you make it true and you think maybe everybody wants it and needs a little bit too. And like, I I think like the the fact that part part of what this movie turns on in the end is the Murphys offer to give uh, Evan uh, uh, Connor's uh, uh, college fund to pay for college because they know Evan is, you know, poor and they have this money that they need to, you know, that they, they want to give to Evan. And I, I think like the, I don't know, I, I think maybe what does make this film rewarding for me is there are, it seems smart in places that I think sometimes films are a little blind to. Like I think a lot of um, high school stuff said in high school is blind to the fact that like it's usually they're usually set in like very ritzy high schools like mean like mean girls like mean girls is set at a at a rich high school uh and it's kind of like difficult to i don't i don't know it feels like it doesn't get addressed enough and i liked that this movie um approached the whole idea of class in this yeah I mean, it is there. I think they have to acknowledge it otherwise yeah. I mean that's kind of what it's all based on the fact that these people. I mean, there's the Connor Murphy, like, save the orchard, and then the rich family, like, technically has all that college money they could also put towards the orchard, so. Yeah. Well, and then the other, the, the other thing I want I wanted to, like, touch on with this movie is I like that, I mean, you have to assume everyone just thinks Connor and Evan were dating. Like, like, you, I feel like. That's the whole point, right? What? That's the whole point, right? Except the sister tries she does date him, though. So there's that. Yes, 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 yes. But, like, <laughs> the way that, like, Amy Adams is always like, well, I know you and Connor were friends. <laughs> and there's, like, a little pause. And Evan is just, like, kind of, like, part of the lie is, to, like, Evan just kind of, like, lets them think that. <laughs> and there's there's that point in the Sincerely Me song where Evan's cousin, like, butts in and this is actually like a slight change from the the musical where his cousin is like but not because they're gay like and he kind of like winks at the camera like oh okay and and in the in the musical actually like it's like connor and evan sing that and it's this like no homo moment and they changed it for the movie i yeah so they needed to keep that (laughs) the um the (laughs) I just kept thinking, like, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I think, like, I really think you're supposed to just be like, they were friends. I think, like, if you're a high schooler watching this, you're like, oh, they were friends. But like, if if my son sang a song like the song Evan Hansen sings about another, but he sings Four Forever, which is one of the like the great songs in the show, um, and he describes this like perfect day with Connor, like. That is a homo romantic song. <laughs> I just yeah, and considering Ben Platt is gay, I'm just like, yeah. why didn't they just go the full mile with it? 
Oh, they should have. Well, I mean, I think, again, we're, I'm still on my soapbox. I I think that is partially what is fueling some of like the absolute vitriol about Ben Platt's like performance. I think there, I think there are things to criticize and I think there are things to like kind of poke fun at as there are in everything. But I think like the universal level of dismissal and disdain and kind of just like making fun of him. I I think this is like why actors still don't come out of the closet. Cause like you just get Mm. like, pilloried for like making like a bad move sometimes if you're like and I I think especially if you're trying to be a leading man I think like queer actors are accepted in supporting roles but like in leading roles um and this comes from the gay community too but like like I don't know there's just I mean and I think that's what I, I liked about Another thing I liked about Ben Platt's Evan is is like and I was talking about this earlier like the sensitivity but I think there's also like there's like a, a a queerness around it. Like we, Evan could very possibly be, you know, bi. He doesn't seem to like. He he. His only friend, like half friend, is his like gay cousin, and they like hang out all the time. And like he's on Zoloft, so like his sex drive is probably like in like a weird place. So who knows what he's into? Like, it's true. Yeah, I don't know. Overall, I really enjoyed this. I think as with like a lot of. Um, movie musicals a lot of movies like i think there are flaws but i think this will definitely be a movie that i return to okay yeah i mean i just i I would listen to the soundtrack but i think that's as far as i'd go with it or maybe i'd even see the show live just to be like well let's see this version of it which i assume is like better and, the show live is yeah. really good because you're just, like just hearing those songs performed live, and it's like the reason Pasek and Paul are so big right now is because they write so much for the contemporary Broadway voice, which is just like a, like these like a lot of belting, a lot of like like they write for the Broadway audience, and they they okay. don't disappoint even when they're like a little cheesy. Yeah, I just I I think this one should have stuck to the stage personally. I think it's probably yeah. better. Better spent there. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, thanks for thanks for watching this, Matt. I wanted somebody to talk oh. with about it, and it's kind of I I don't I mean I don't know. It made seven million this weekend, coming in second to Shang Chi. But like, I have to imagine they were always hoping this would be more of a slow burn than a box office success. I don't know. Just I mean, releasing it in uh, September. It's funny because is Universal just big into making all the musicals? They're the big musical like production studio now these days. Wait, what? Are, is Universal the big musical production house now? Because they made Cats last year. I don't know who made Les Mis. I don't know who makes Mamma Mia. Like, who oh, makes the musicals mostly? It's absolutely... Like, Universal are the... Yeah, they, they made Les Mis. They did Cats. They have Wicked on the Horizon. Um, I'm trying to remember if okay. they did... They didn't do Greatest Showman. But... That was, that was Fox or Disney now, so... Yeah, yeah, that's right. That was right. That was Fox because it's on Disney Plus. Um, I mean, Universal, yeah, is keeping the musicals alive, and they've been like, like Les Mis was a huge success for them. Um, what else did they do? That was uh, in the Heights was Warner Brothers. Uh, West Side Story is going to be Fox. Uh, Tick Tick Boom is Netflix. That's the other one that's coming out. Um, yeah, I mean, so I, I guess, I mean, I, and as always, I, 
I feel like this goes back to like my Mormon days. Like whenever there was like like a Mormon film that would come out, like we would all go see it because we wanted to support it and we and we wanted to make sure that like it got a good box office. And I feel that way about musicals now and I'm like I need to go see it I need to go see it twice they need to like know that these films make money (laughs) and I feel you there if you don't support the arts then people won't turn up and produce them anymore yeah yeah which is why I I generally go see most movie musicals like at least twice in movie theaters but that's also just because I enjoy them um I uh 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 I, I do wonder, I, I wonder how this will, well, I, I mean, we're still going to see how much money it makes. I do hope it, um, I wonder if it'll find a life on Netflix or somewhere because there's this thing with, with movies made about plays, even musicals, where it's like they almost play better on like a small screen sometime. Like the Angels in America movie was made for HBO. And I think like there's something about it being on a smaller screen that like shrinks it a little bit and makes it more um, palatable for some people. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know. Um, well, uh, do, you wanna, let, do you want to do some like really quick food talk? You're making anything? Yeah, yeah. What are you? You know, lately I've been, we're trying new things. We try to pasta bake. I, I, it is good. And I feel like that's something I would serve at a party at pasta bake because it was hella easy. But I don't know. I think I prefer, I've been making return to pasta alla olio and I very much enjoyed that. Just cutting up garlic and putting it in oil, like red pepper flakes and pasta it's and parsley it's really simple and it's really tasty to me and it's Mm. it's one of those things where i'm like pasta needs to be fresh i can't keep reheating things yeah yeah pasta yeah i i i can't do cold pasta like especially because like in the fridge it like absorbs even more water and just like yeah 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 i made a I made a Japanese curry uh, last week and I had it for lunch the rest of the week. And like, I didn't do, I had done a Japanese curry before where I did the just one cookbook thing. And I like mixed two different types of curry paste. Like she wanted you to do. And I like did all of these things. And then this time I just followed the, the instructions on the box, which were basically like boil water, cook some vegetables in it until they're, you know, cooked, throw in the paste, you're done. And it was so good. This curry was so good. There you go. Like, this curry was so good that I had it literally every day for lunch last week, and I didn't get bored of it. The best curry that you didn't get bored of. That is something. Yeah, yeah. So... I mean, I know, because normally I I can't eat the same thing for too many lunches in a row. I don't know. I do want to add one thing. Um, yeah. When I was in LA, I went to an H Mart and I picked <sighs> up a lot of Oreos and Oreo related like snacks along the way. Yes. This is my continuing series of go to the Korean Mart, everyone, or go to the Asian Mart and just buy all the random things. It's delightful. Well, um, the the Korean grocery stores in particular are so good. It's interesting, right? Like they have a lot of good stuff there. Like, a lot of just wonderful little random snacks, like, both fresh and uh, processed. 
if you want to try some unique Oreos, everyone, you can get Oreo Thins. I personally prefer, prefer the cream, so I would go for the double stuffed or the main stuffed. There's probably an innuendo in there, but I prefer that cream. So <laughs> I'm going to do um, Eric Kim, who's uh, like the big food writer right now for uh, the New York Times, uh, has this Instapot... Um, Bosom recipe where you cook the uh, the pork belly and then you have it basically as like lettuce wraps mm-hmm. that I think I'm going to do soon. So I need to run to H Mart and get some pork belly and samjing. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, do you want to move on to uh, recommendations and super? Yeah. What would you recommend, Adam? So I pulled out um, the first couple volumes of The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl from the library. <laughs> Oh. Have you read that? I have not. Pretty good stuff. I'm on volume two right now. It's it's delightful. It's really fun. And um it's like I don't know, it's like a, it's a nice uh I think like I I've I've been reading uh Guardians of the Galaxy and I just read uh the Empire um sequence I got the collected volume for and those are both very like big and serious Marvel comics and this one is like lighter and a little sillier like Squirrel Girl like beats Galactus in the first uh like couple of issues so it's it's very funny and I'm having a fun time yeah what would you recommend so I've actually been reading a um on my commute to work, I take I take the bus now into the city, and it's just that, like, it, there's definitely a time where I, I could either be really productive with that time, or I could just do something for my pleasure, and I'm just choosing to read my book. Um, so the book I'm reading is the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood novelization. It's actually pretty fun. I enjoy Ooh. it. Yeah, yeah the New York Times gave movie, that a really good review. Say it again? The New York Times gave that a really good review. Oh. That's good to know. Like, if you were a fan of the movie, you'll probably be a fan of the book. It just expands on things from the book that didn't make it in the movie. And it's very much in that style of, like, this is the novel that they were basing it on the screenplay that they were shooting, but the novelist gets some details differently because they're allowed some creative license. And it is, it's interesting to see the different takes on the story. So I was like, okay. Oh, well, cool, cool. Yeah. Um... So what's making my week super is we are currently watching, uh, uh, she's my dog, but she's like my mom's dog. She's, she's the dog that like, I, when my, she's been my dog for the last 10 years when I was living at home, like I always thought of her as like my dog, but I think all of my siblings think of her as their dog. So I don't know how fair that is, but Zoe has been staying with us the last week and, it's just been really lovely having like a little animal in the apartment to cuddle with. And she's like always really excited when I come home and like David takes her on walks and like, we worry about whether or not she's pooped and it's, it's been lovely. (laughs) So we're going to take her back this weekend, but it's been nice having her around. I a hundred percent feeling you on just like, ah, did the dog poop? And it's just like, (laughs) Oh yes. Okay. The dog is poop. We're good. (laughs) (laughs) What's been making your week super? So I'm actually in the midst of planning an impromptu bachelor party for a friend of mine. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take place this upcoming Saturday. He's obviously, this episode's going to come out and this thing will have happened. But it's kind of exciting planning a bachelor party. I've never done that. Um, I don't know if he really has a wedding party. So I'm like, oh, I guess no one else really took up the charge on this thing. 
But me and a few other friends are going to try and throw him one. I think it'll be fun. It's Jordan's last lay. It's going to be tiki bars in San Francisco. And Ooh. I think it'll be cool. And we're going to have lays. We will have lays. And yeah, it'll be a fun time. Just, I mean, life is coming back in its own way and we're all vaccinated. So it's fun to do these things again. Ooh, fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that sounds good. Well, um,. If any of you listeners want to go ahead and follow us, we are on Instagram at From Oak to Oak. That's From Oak, number two Oak. We are also on Facebook at From Oak to Oak. You can email at us, From Oak to Oak at gmail.com. That's From Oak, number two Oak at gmail.com. And go ahead and leave us a, you know, five star, A plus, whatever review on whatever podcatcher you listen to us on. Um, we haven't decided on what's going to be our next movie. Is there anything on the horizon, Matt, or do you want to? Yeah, there's about... quite a there's quite a few we could pick from. If you really yeah. want to go balls to the wall, we could watch Venom. We <laughs> could also do No Time to Die, the next Bond film, which I'm going to see both these movies, so you tell me. When is No Time to Die coming out? The 8th. Let's do No Time to Die. I think I really want to see that, yeah. All yeah. right. It's Daniel Craig's last outing as Bond, everyone. Very exciting. All right. All right, when it's Carrie Fukunaga. Yes. Who, yeah. This movie's Perfect. been delayed so much thanks to the pandemic, guys. It's supposed to come out in April of 2020. And here we are. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, um, I think that's it for me, Matt. Then one, I will see, I will talk with you about No Time for Di- to Die next. Yes. All right. Well, until next time, Matt. Until next time, Adam. Peace out, Cub Scouts. <laughs>